0: in this episode i'm introducing and bringing on my very first guest onto the podcast her name is andrea montevardi and she is a sex and relationship therapist Guys, we recorded such an amazing podcast today, and I'm super excited to be sharing this episode with you guys because there's a lot of really good, valuable stuff in this podcast, in this episode where we talk about relationships, about being single, about sex, and a bunch of other stuff that you guys are definitely going to want to listen to this podcast in its its entirety. There's one thing I do want to bring up before I get into the show here, and that is there was a little bit of audio uh, problems that I was listening when I was listening back to this episode, where there was a few times, not it wasn't, it's not that often, not that common. Uh, but where you might hear my audio kind of cut out in and out just a little bit so the podcast episode still came out great you can st- still definitely listen to this podcast into its entirety um, but just want to give you guys that little bit of that heads up this is my first episode with a guest so i'm gonna i am kind of learning as i go here uh, and tweaking the audio here just a little bit but this podcast did come out great still even with a little bit of audio issues that came out with it and i'm super super excited guys to introduce you guys to andrea so let's get into it all right guys welcome to the uprise mindset podcast i am your host randy canales and thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode so for today's episode i am super super excited because this is actually my first I have my first guest on the show today so our first guest on the podcast today is andrea which is also happens to be my therapist so let's go ahead and welcome andrea to the show how are you today
1: hi i'm excited and i'm good
0: awesome awesome okay so I'm super glad you're here today, because we have so have so much stuff to talk about. So, uh, so let's go ahead and give the audience real quickly a quick introduction to like who you are, uh, what you do, and you know what's your specialty?
1: Yeah, for sure. So um, I am a licensed professional counselor associate. I'm a certified sex therapist candidate. Um, I'm a doctoral student and I have a master's in science in clinical mental health counseling. So I'm a therapist, I'm a counselor, I, whatever you want to call me, I'm your friend. Yeah. Um, I primarily work with couples and individuals. My jam is relationships, sex, um, attachment, self-esteem. I do some depression and anxiety, but really relationships and sex are my jam
0: okay awesome wow that's a mouthful you have a, you have a lot going on there that's awesome okay so you're a so you're a, like you said you're a therapist yeah so what um what kind of got you into becoming a therapist like what's your what was your your calling behind that
1: yes okay so my calling so at first I was actually going to do neuroscience and I was mm. doing my bachelor's in biology Interesting. Um, I had gotten like two and a half years into my bachelor's degree and I just couldn't stop thinking about a psychology course I had taken actually in high school okay. and I was just really called to wanting to make a difference but I knew that it was going to be on a one-on-one level mm-hmm. and I realized first of all I'm really chatty I'm really <laughs> nosy I yeah. love talking to people and for some reason all of my friends used to come to me for advice okay so I kind of got curious about psychology I wanted to learn more about the brain I wanted to learn more about like what why we do what we do mm-hmm. why people are the way that they are right so I switched my major and I immediately knew that I had made the right decision like it was yeah. truly my passion but then okay what am I gonna do with this psychology degree right so then I met some people um, I was actually bartending at the time okay. and A patron came in and I was telling him about my degree And he told me that he knew some people that worked um, At a clinic with children with autism And Mm. that he could get me a job If I wanted to experience behavior therapy Okay, So I was all for it I loved it Like I truly, truly loved it. And I did that for about three years while I was finishing school and starting my master's program. Mm. But during that time, I realized I really would love to work with adults. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I had a professor who he did a presentation on sex therapy. Mm -hmm. And everyone else in my cohort was kind of shy about it. And they weren't really into it. And I was like, wait, I love this. (laughs) Like he's speaking so openly about something in our lives that is so prevalent that we kind of put a curtain in front of. Yeah, definitely. And so I talked to him and he got me in touch with um, Dr. Coles so I work at Houston Relationship Therapy and she is my supervisor my mentor she's awesome Um, and as soon as I started this work and I got my certification in sex therapy it was like I knew I found my passion. Mm. I knew this is what I wanted to do.
0: Right. That's amazing. That's a a really cool story. So what are like the type of clientele that you work with? You you mentioned that you specialize in, you know, couples therapy and stuff like that. So like identify what's your typical clientele? What do they look like? What do they sound like? What are they going through? What 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 is that like?
1: Yeah, I love that question because it is, so broad Mm -hmm. i mean i have couples who are early 20s and they're going through premarital counseling or i have couples who are in their 50s and they're going through premarital counseling or i have couples who are in their 60s and they're experiencing a disconnect with an intimacy and they're wanting to reconnect Mm. or they want to explore their just erotic map and Mm. see what they can add in their sexual life or in their romantic life to really help them feel more cohesive with one another Mm. Um, i would say The main common thread with mm-hmm. all of my couples yeah. is communication and trust.
0: Interesting. Okay. That even, was a question I had. Yeah. yeah okay. Even
1: if it, they come in and they're like, Hey, we're experiencing some issues with erectile dysfunction. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's look at <laughs> everything else first before we really dive into the sex realm right? because sex is so vulnerable right. and usually there's something deeper to it. Mm. Usually there's some pressure going on mm. or there was a break in trust. And now all of a sudden there's this shift and we're experiencing erectile dysfunction. Mm.
0: Wow. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. I guess, like you mentioned too, a lot of people, they just look at it at a surface level and they don't really realize like, okay, what are the more deeper issues kind of going on within ourselves or within our relationship that we can look at before, you know, diagnosing whatever, something else that it, it might not be that causing that reason or whatever it might be exactly um, right so that's that's good yeah and that was a, that was a question that I actually had was and you kind of answered already but mm-hmm. I, I guess what's the most common thing that you're seeing couples coming into for therapy and you, you mentioned yeah. just, just it's mainly trust and what was the other one communication Communication. okay oh obviously yeah okay.
1: <laughs> so I would actually say that like communication is number one
0: interesting okay. before
1: I continue on a journey with any couple mm-hmm. the first thing that we do is we lay down ground rules for communication Mm. that the three of us will practice within the room and Mm. that I hope they will begin practicing outside of the room Mm. so this is going to look like your typical therapist of the I statements I feel x y and z but like we all know that that's the typical therapist thing because it works there's science behind it there's evidence behind it it is so real right the next thing I want to look at is are you taking responsibility for what is yours are you able to communicate when you are upset about something or are you able to communicate when you have gratitude for your partner as Mm. well that is more important than being being able to express your complaints. Right. Um I think another really big piece within communication is fair fighting rules. Okay. We don't learn how to fight. Right. And that's something that I enjoy working with all of my couples whether they think that they're grade A communicators mm-hmm. or that they're terrible communicators, we all start on that same
0: playing ground. On the same playing ground. That yeah. makes sense. Why do you think couples why do you think that's the number one issue? Why do you think couples have such a hard time with just communicating just like basic needs with one another like Mm. why is that such a difficult conversation for couples to have you know before having to you know step into therapy or anything like that what what do you think that is
1: so i'm actually going to turn this question on you
0: okay how did you
1: learn how to communicate your needs
0: um wow that's a great question here (laughs) here we go there am i being am i being charged right now (laughs) (laughs) um that's a great question i think just over time, you know, mm-hmm. learning, learning what, uh, things that I like and things that I want mm-hmm. out of relationship and, um, communicating that with my partner. But I, you know, I got to confess, there are times where I probably didn't speak up when I should have. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's, it's a learned skill that I guess you can't really have, or you know, people don't have naturally un- until you actually experience, you know, life and you understand right. what you like, what you don't like, um, and how to communicate that because, you know it's obvious a lot of people you know including myself you know i've been through there where Mm -hmm. we just don't know how to communicate those needs those basic things to our partner and then Mm -hmm. things go unresolved and that's how you know fights happen or whatever might be our arguments and things kind of just blow up you know later on down the road kind of thing right um but um Did I answer your question? (laughs) Yes, you did.
1: Learning. Uh, Learning, You tried trial and error, and then you learned Mm -hmm. from there. But you have a lot of self-reflection skills. Yeah. Not everybody has that level of self-awareness and self-reflection or that desire to look back at, hey, how did that play out, and what could I have done better, and let me try something different. Right. So it's like me asking you, hey, how did you learn math? Well, Mm -hmm. in kindergarten, they started teaching you math. (laughs) And then in first grade, second grade, throughout your entire Curricular career. Mm-hmm. You started learning math, right? But did anybody teach you how to communicate? Mm, no. right?
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah Now nobody has and it's like yeah. it, we
1: have this one skill in our life that we use with everybody, right? We are Creatures that we talk to anything around us Even right. if we don't want to we still need human connection, right? And so why are we relying on trial and error? Right. Like, why aren't we starting these conversations from kindergarten? Well, for whatever reason we don't right and so eventually people stumble into my office and right sometimes they think that they're great at communicating and sometimes they know like I need help in this area right and so that's when they start to learn so I I think the answer clear-cut answer to your question is that we're never taught
0: yeah that's so true. I, did, I actually never even really kind of realized that. There's there's so many skills that school doesn't teach. I mean, communication is, is one. I mean, right. you, know, um, you know, just basic finance fan, finance stuff. You know, balancing checkbook or yeah. do, I mean, I don't know. I don't even have a checkbook. Do you have a checkbook? No,
1: I don't have I a know. checkbook, and I a, wouldn't know where to begin. That was a terrible <laughs> example
0: for us millennials, but uh you know, stuff like that. You know, just b- having a budget and stuff yeah. like that, like stuff like that, t- t- easy stuff like that, isn't taught in schools. And like, it's like if I find it crazy that like some of these most important things that skills that we need to have in life just aren't taught in school so that's that's actually a very good point that communication just isn't taught and we kind of have to learn as you go kind of thing yeah um but that's that's crazy okay so so yeah so you said some of the co- most common things um, that couples go through is communication and then the second thing was trust Correct. so what kind of trust issues are you running into most most commonly with your yeah. clients
1: okay yeah. so trust can be Trust can be so tiny, and I think those are the ones that we miss a lot of the times that we're not even aware of sometimes, that we don't realize those are playing a role in our relationship. Mm -hmm. And then trust breaks can be really big. It can be infidelity. Um, So I do a lot of infidelity recovery work, Mm -hmm. and a lot of the couples end up being able to make it. Yeah. through that time together and they start a whole new chapter in their love story with one another and that's right. beautiful but a lot of times we also do it leads to conscious uncoupling right um but let's talk about like tiny trust things okay um let's say that i don't trust my partner to take out the trash mm. okay well now i also don't trust my partner to bring home the three avocados i asked him to bring home mm. on his way home from work right and now i don't trust him to lock the door when he leaves it starts snowballing right. so it can be something that seems really small right. and then it starts to snowball well now this is going to affect the narrative that they have of their partner mm. now they're saying my partner is careless mm-hmm. uh, my partner doesn't care about what i have to say it can spin off into so many different directions that right. ends up really taking a toll on the dynamic within the relationship
0: interesting so
1: it's not just oh i caught my boyfriend right. liking some thirst traps right, on instagram, on instagram. <laughs> you know it can be so tiny but we're not aware of right. how it affects the narratives that we hold
0: right that makes sense so it's just it's really just the small little things um, that we were that we really don't really realize over time like you mentioned just kind of snowballs into bigger and bigger things right and this tiny little trust issue all of a sudden turns into this really big deal down the road mm-hmm. so i it's can like definitely dust. see how that happens yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Okay, so you mentioned infidelity. Obviously, that's been a, a huge, like, trust break in, in many relationships, and it seems like, you know, that's more common nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm hearing from friends and family members and other people and just, you know, online that you know this is happening, happening a lot more common than mm-hmm. what it seems like it was before in the past. I don't know if it's just because of social media and stuff like that, and, and now that people are able to discover these things a lot more easier, but um, what advice do you offer to, you know, to a person who's going through that right now, who's yeah. either being – you know, who, who was being cheated on or is being cheated on and what advice would you offer them? And then also to the person who's also having the affair. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I know that's, that's a huge, huge one when it comes to relationships. So what are your advices like on that? On it, yeah. when it comes to infidelity?
1: So if it's okay, I kind of want to touch on what you just said first about yeah. the shift, because yeah. I do think that there, there, we feel, we perceive this shift in infidelity and it feels so threatening to people right now. Mm. But I think that there, there's a, a few reasons of why that's different. Mm-hmm. First. Access, Like you said, things like social media, texting, all of these different avenues, for sure that's going to play a factor. But I think another piece of it is the societal shift that we're experiencing of like Mm. the shame curtain Mm. in the past. I don't think a lot of people would talk about infidelity if there was infidelity and they chose to stay in that partnership or end that partnership because of embarrassment. But if you're creating... An aura where it's okay to talk about these really difficult things, then you're gonna attract that. You're gonna hear more mm. about it as well. People are gonna open up to you about it right. and speak openly about their experience. Right. So I think that that kind of leads to the shift as well. Right. Um, to answer your question specifically about my advice, let's start with the, the. I'm gonna call them the hurt party. Okay. The person who was cheated on. Right. My biggest piece of advice first to the couple is get a couples therapist mm. and that's not to just hype myself up in my right. <laughs> my career path right. but genuinely because you want a neutral third party mm-hmm. you don't want to go run your mouth to your best friends your mom your cousin all these different people who they love you so much that they're gonna right. offer this n- biased opinion right. in your best interest mm-hmm. but what if you decide to stay with your partner mm. who cheated on you right Well, now your partner is having to repair that relationship with everybody that you told. You're experiencing maybe some embarrassment or feelings of guilt for getting back with your partner. So my advice to them is seek help and support from a neutral, unbiased third party. Okay. And don't tell everybody. Don't Mm -hmm. write it on Facebook. Right. Try to just hold it for 24 hours. Right. Everything hurts the worst for 24 hours. And then from there, make a... More educated decision.
0: Right, right. With a third party that's that's not as invested into you like a friend or a family member would right. be. Right. Because they could definitely clout your judgment hearing that from, you know, although, they, like you mentioned, like your friends or family will have good intentions on you, but, you know, it just depends on what direction you want to make with that relationship, whether you want to work on it or end it right there and then. That could definitely, um, I can see how that could b- definitely be detrimental yeah. to, to making that kind of decision. Um, so the million dollar question <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> who cheats more, men? Or women so this is a juicy question yeah, it is
1: you know I'm gonna be completely transparent that I haven't looked up a specific study sure. to know exactly who cheats more what yeah. I can say is I know that there is an increase in your chance of cheating if you came from a household where mm. there was cheating okay um, or if you have cheated in a past relationship mm. but that goes for men and for women right in my anecdotal experience with just clients that i have worked with yeah i'm going to be completely honest coming yeah. into this i was like men are the cheaters <laughs> they're the ones who are doing this like i'm sure that it's always going to be the right. man right i have been shocked yeah <laughs> the majority of the infidelity i have worked with yeah has been on behalf of the woman
0: mm, interesting okay yeah why do you think that is why do you think more women or i mean just in your specific case in yeah. your Is what you're seeing, but you know, that not this applies across the board, but Mm -hmm. why are you thinking it's more, you're seeing a little bit more women nowadays than maybe what it was, you know, 10, 20 years ago.
1: Right. And so I'm not sure that it's different than it was 10, 20 Mm -hmm. years ago, but the reason I think that these women have gotten to that place Mm -hmm. is emotional disconnect. They're lacking emotional intimacy within the relationship and it hasn't been looked at. The partners may be just ignoring it or they're mm. being conflict avoidant and not coming to their partner and saying, Hey, I'm feeling disconnected from right. you. And now I'm looking for this emotional security outside of the relationship with this other person. Right. And maybe it started off as an emotional affair and then right. it became physical or maybe it was just the emotional affair, but that still right. can be betrayal depending on how you define oh, cheating. Right? right. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Okay. Um, how do you how does a couple go about a, a fair proofing their, their relationship or their marriage? Like, is there a way where it's like, okay, if we do these certain things, like in mm-hmm. our everyday lives with each other, or you know, what are ways where? you know you can almost you can't guarantee it but you know what are ways to a fair proof your relationship from that ever even happening in your relationship
1: yeah so i do think there are a few things you can do Mm -hmm. but like you said there's always going to be the potential right for something happening so the way i usually describe it to people is i want you to imagine your backyard and that you're placing a fence in Mm -hmm. your backyard so we're placing these these boards up to protect our fence the best that we can well sometimes a tornado comes through and it knocks down our fence or you know how wood has those little holes and sometimes the rain can seep in like things can happen so i think the first thing is people have to find some level of security within insecurity
2: mm.
1: within the notion that i can't control okay everything in this relationship right but i can hope for the best and i can decide how i'm going to react right In a situation Right So first focus on yourself
2: Right Right (laughs) Right? Exactly
1: Some things that people can do though Yeah because we definitely want to look at safeguards We want to be proactive We don't want to just be reactive Right I always ask couples Like are you pushing the same rock Up the same mountain Mm. Or do you have two different rocks On this mountain Mm. Or are you on two separate mountains (laughs) Right Like do we still have a connection with one another. Mm. So I'm looking at intimacy. How's emotional intimacy? How is mm. physical intimacy? How is um, communication? How is trust? How is your communication about sex? Mm. Like, is your reason for wanting to look outside of the relationship because you don't feel like your sexual needs are being met? Well, mm. can you have these conversations with your partner first?
0: Right. Communication.
1: There right. Communication. Yes. There it is. There it is. Um, but some other things that I look at are. Time spent together, mm-hmm. words of affirmation. Do you have a foundation of love and gratitude and just mm. fondness for one another? Right. What does that communication look like? Is there a healthy ratio of five positive comments to every one negative comment? Right. Are there things like contempt, defensiveness, criticism? Uh, they're called the Gottman four horsemen. Mm. Um, are those coming into play within the relationship? Okay. And how can we reverse those? Because it doesn't have to be the end all, be all. We can. Change. We can turn the page and start a new chapter together.
0: Mm, okay, that makes sense. You mentioned. Uh, it sounds like you kind of touched a little bit on love languages there. Yeah. And I'm sure you've uh, obviously you have read. Uh, it's Gary Chapman, right? It is the name Gary Chapman. The, yes. uh, seven love languages. Five love languages. Five. Okay, five. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: what are your thoughts on this?
0: I mean, do You think those five love languages is is that true? Does that really apply in real life? What are your thoughts on on that? book specifically
1: yeah okay so i'm probably never gonna get get (laughs) sponsored by gary chapman but i'm gonna be really honest yeah yeah i don't think the book is worth buying okay but i love the quiz Okay. so you can access the quiz by just go to google google the five love languages and you can do the quiz whether you're single or in a couple okay female male everybody should be doing this quiz okay love love the quiz my only thing with the book is i think it's repetitive and you don't really need it you can find Mm. all of the information in it like it should be a pamphlet (laughs) you know like a 10 minute pamphlet yeah
2: sorry gary um
1: yes (laughs) sorry gary (laughs) not selling the books right now right but the quiz is awesome so it gives you a lot of valuable information Mm. the five love languages are let's see if i can whip these off the top Mm. of my head Words of affirmation, acts of service, quality time, gift giving, and physical touch. Right. Okay? Okay. So let's say that my love languages, my top two are words of affirmation and physical touch. Okay. Let's say that my partner's love languages are quality time and acts of service. Okay. Well, he is trying to tell me that he loves me by doing the dishes and spending Saturdays with me. Right. Okay. And to me, I'm like, oh my God, this person doesn't even like me. (laughs) Like he literally hates me. I don't understand why he doesn't love me. Why are we together? Right. Because I'm not being told that I'm pretty, and I, he's not holding my hand. Right. So if he is unaware that these are my top two love love languages, mm-hmm. and I'm unaware that he's trying to tell me through these other love languages, right. we're not speaking the same language. Right. Right. That's he's telling me he loves me in Chinese, and I don't speak Chinese. Right. <laughs> So the beauty of this tool is that you can understand your partner's languages. They can understand your language. And then you consciously make the effort to speak the language of your partner Mm. while also consciously choosing to recognize the ways in which your partner is Mm. already telling you that they love you.
0: Right. Interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. So you mentioned taking the quiz. So how soon in a relationship should we bring this up with our partner? Like, hey, you want to take this love language (laughs) quiz? Like, it's kind of weird, I guess, to do it right away. But yeah. Um, do you think this is a good thing to bring up with a couple with someone like that's new you're seeing, or maybe this is someone mm-hmm. you're maybe been dating for a few weeks, a few months or mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that? I love that question. I've never been asked that question. Okay.
1: So if I have a, uh, an individual that I mm-hmm. work with, I have them do their love language Okay. fairly like as soon as they say that they want to start dating again, I want right. you to do some self exploration. Okay. So I want you to do that quiz yourself and you already know. Right. Going into the relationship, what you need from a partner. Right. Okay? So you have right. that in the back of your mind. Yeah. So you're already looking in the dating process of like is this person touchy? Okay. okay. What is the maybe their love language? Can you take a guess at it to right. begin with? Okay. And then I would say like don't scare them. So maybe not like first date like hi these are my love languages. <laughs> Do you know yours? Right. But I would say like a few weeks into dating cuz you're laying down that foundation. Mm. So right from the start you want to you want to be curious about your partner. And and you want mm. them to be curious about you right. so setting those expectations from the start of hey i'm a really touchy person right. but that's how i show love right and so i think that's a great intro into like oh you've never done your love languages let's do them together right so another big thing with this is like your love language changes throughout your life so it's not a one and done interesting okay yeah so say that you have been with your partner for a long time mm-hmm. you know each other's love languages well now you have kids okay your love languages might change so do the quiz again
0: <laughs> interesting okay
1: don't forget about it do it every two years do it with big life changes check right. in with one another you want to update the information you have about your partner because right. a lot of times we fall into that trap of thinking we know everything about our partner there's right. nothing new about this person right but we we know that we're always changing so right. why wouldn't our partner also that's, be always changing
0: that's interesting i've never thought of, i mean I, i've heard of the, i've actually you know i read gary's book and all that and uh, i never thought about how your love language could change over time. That Mm -hmm. never even occurred to me. Um, My love language is physical touch. And Mm -hmm. I think that's probably the love language for most men. I would say, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's that's the uh, love language for most guys. Physical Mm -hmm. touch probably like the biggest, most common one. Um, But I never realized how that could change over time. And I can see that happening, especially after big life events. Yeah. Exactly. Um, So let's get things a little bit okay <laughs> <laughs> um what kind of sex advice do you most often find giving yourself to, for your clients like you know male or female like mm-hmm. what's the most common sex advice that or, or issue that you know your clients are running into
1: okay we're gonna go positively focused first Positive. okay. I yeah, like that. yeah yeah of course we're gonna talk about pleasure I am a very Pleasure focused Sex therapist This means I am not Orgasm focused Mm. I care about The experience Mm. First I want to know Do you feel close To your partner Or do you feel Hot with your partner Like whatever your goal is Like are you experiencing Some form of pleasure Because of Mm -hmm. course um, you can be with a partner for a long time and, you know, like there's love making, there's quickies and then there's that like hot, raw sex as right. well. Well, right. you want all three of those. Right. You don't want just one or the other. So right. you want to just experience pleasure in all of these different facets. Mm. Um, okay. The second biggest piece of advice I would say is we need to be communicating more about sex.
2: Okay.
1: So many couples shy away from that conversation because it's vulnerable. I get it. It's not a comfortable place to go if you haven't been there before. Right. But you don't know what you don't know. Right. And you, if you plan on being with this partner, this one partner, because you're monogamous for the rest of your life, mm. you want to change it up. You mm. want to keep it fun. Right. You want to keep things new. You don't want to get into that same routine. So talking about it is the biggest thing.
0: Mm. Okay. So talking about it, just having that conversation with them, having that one-on-one time. Exactly. Um, and that, and this kind of, I guess, goes into my next question too, is how, how do you keep like your relationship spicy after like kind of going through that honeymoon phase, mm-hmm. phase? I know you hear, I think you probably have better stats on this as well, but, you know, after, what is it, 18 months or 24 months being with yeah. your partner, like, that kind of initial, like, spark or that honeymoon uh, phase kind of mm-hmm. dies down a little bit, you know, we're really comfortable with our partner, uh, we know pretty much almost everything about them in m- many cases, so how do you kind of keep things spicy in a relationship after passing the honeymoon phase with your partner
1: yes so what you're talking about randy is called new relationship energy right yeah that nre okay. you are getting pumped with dopamine right for about six to tops 18 months okay after that it is gone and now it's <laughs> the realness sets <laughs> in within the relationship no. <laughs> exactly that those little rose-colored glasses come off and you're right. seeing that person clearly and now it's how are we going to keep it up right and so i think You have to remember what it felt like to Mm. experience NRE because it's not going to come back with that same partner. Mm. You know how you, when you've been in a long term relationship, you have these phases where you're like, oh, we're so in love. Mm -hmm. And then you have other phases where it's just like, yeah, we're cool. Right. right. (laughs) We're good. We're in a good space. Like nothing bad, nothing amazing. It's pretty, yeah, it's monotonous. Um, But if you can recall those past instances where you really felt super lovey, Mm -hmm. what was going on at that time? Mm. Maybe y'all were making out. A lot more Mm. or maybe y'all were being more adventurous with the environments in which you were having sex so recall past experiences that really stick out in your mind and then take it one step further Mm. by what was it about that experience that really just set it over the edge for me Mm. and then communicate it with your partner tell them what was so hot about that or so pleasurable about that and ask them the same question in return and then just being open to different things okay you can talk about a fantasy without ever having to go through with the fantasy mm, okay. you can tell your partner hey i have this fantasy i don't really want to try it out but i just want to talk to you about it right that in itself can be really exciting right so I, just try thinking of different ideas being open
0: yeah no that's really good stuff that's really good tips I, some of that stuff i honestly have never thought about Yay. so that's a really good <laughs> um so I kind of want to shift gears a little bit here mm-hmm. and ch- and talk about the other spectrum of things as far as so we're talking about how to keep the you know the the flame going in relationships after the honeymoon phase. Let's talk about in the very beginning of relationships. Let's talk about um, what makes uh, what actually makes a man here. Here's a good question for you. Okay. What actually makes a man sexy and irresistible in your opinion? Okay. In like my professional opinion. <laughs> professional and personal, I guess. Okay. Yeah.
1: So I would say. People are generally, so there's like a study and it talks about how people are most attracted to their partners when they're about six feet away from one another and they are witnessing their partner engaged in an activity that they are just really passionate about Mm. or they are talking about something that they really love. Okay. The idea behind this is that you remember that you are separate from Mm. one another. You do not own that person. You are not one. You are two. Right In any relationship There is three There's the two of you And then there's The whole relationship together Right So remembering That that person You don't know everything About that person Mm -hmm. That's really exciting For people And so Playing off of that In a new relationship For a man I would say be confident Mm. Shoot your shot Right Not in a scary Aggressive way But like be friendly You know Be confident Right Show like what you're Passionate about What is unique about you Mm. Like what makes Randy Randy Like what is your purpose What do you love to do Yeah And really just having that energy about you
0: Mm, okay so just really just living your purpose like like you mentioned whatever that might be like for example i'm not a guitar player but if i'm a guitar player and that's something i'm really passionate about and then seeing you know having your woman is kind of go through that experience with you where she sees you in your elements you know doing your thing exactly um, that seems like um or in your opinion that that's really what kind of like turns you on and I guess in a way yeah uh, what would you find attractive in, in, in a partner
1: yeah it's all authenticity and maybe someone hates the guitar well that's not the person for you <laughs> right but learn that earlier on as opposed to later later on yeah
0: that makes sense um what's the best way to approach a woman in a bar or a coffee shop or a gym in your opinion so I guess mm-hmm. we kind of go more on the personal side okay as, from from you uh but what is, what is the best way like if a guy were to approach you yeah like at a whatever somewhere public what's the best way to for him to open up a conversation with you
1: okay yeah so I'm gonna do kind of what I encourage my clients to do sometimes when they're feeling stuck and I tell them tell me what you don't want Mm. it's a lot easier for us to think of what we don't want as opposed to what we do want so I'm gonna start with that okay don't block a woman from the exit. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> don't run after a woman walking to her car oh, or going down the stairs. Are you guilty? Oh
0: yeah, I've done that. I've, I've done all that stuff. Aye, I, yeah, I, 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 I have not blocked an exit. I haven't done that one yet. Yeah. Don't yeah. do that one. <laughs> okay, I won't do that one.
1: <laughs> Glad we had this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um don't do like a super cheesy pickup line. Yeah. Or just something wildly aggressive. Right. Um I would say for me, I love just a classic man.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I love someone who can hold conversation with me. Like, come up to me, introduce yourself, tell me your name, ask me what my name is, maybe shake my hand if mm. COVID weren't a thing, especially, right. you know? Right. Maybe fist bump it out right now. Right. I don't know. <laughs> um, but also, just have confidence, but don't make me feel intimidated. Mm-hmm. Just make me feel like a human being that you respect and you have curiosity about. Right. I would say don't be too aggressive with like the compliments straight off the bat. Right. Like just come off as friendly and then yeah. let's see how that first conversation goes and if there's any energy between us.
0: Okay, that's really good stuff. Um, yeah, I I've, I've probably done mostly everything you said not to do <laughs> <laughs> in the past. Most um, men probably have. <laughs> yeah, true. And uh, but yeah, that's totally true. And I think some of my best times are I've gone up and talked to um to a girl. Uh, to approach her was, was exactly that. When I was just, I went up to her and I was just like, Hey, I just saw you from across the room and I just had to come over and meet you. Hi, my name is mm-hmm. Randy. Just something really as simple as that. Yeah. Um, Cause it's
1: you. Like right. That's who you are. That's your energy.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I've done the pickup line stuff and all that. They, They're fun and funny, but, yeah, they never get you anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Most of the time they don't.
1: Exactly. That just lets you buy the girl a drink, and then she says thank you and runs to her friends. Right. She's like, oh, my God, this guy just said
0: this. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're out $5. Exactly. (laughs) Um, What's the most memorable approach you have ever experienced uh, yourself, like good or bad, Mm. that you've ever had?
1: Let's see. Okay, so this is a recent one. This is the first one that's coming to mind for me. So, mind you, this was just, like, a couple months ago like peak covid times okay (laughs) like the gym it was just freshly opened I love the gym it's my safe space I don't want to be approached at the gym to begin with but second of all I'm like in the back of the gym on a machine I'm doing leg extensions, so I'm sitting then five grown men are on the machine in front of me just huddled up which there's no reason that five men need to be sharing one machine but you know what I was going to leave that alone So this guy comes up to me and he had asked me before about a technique that I was doing when I was squatting. And I'm like, bro, you know how to squat, like whatever. So I had met him once prior. He comes up and he like turns around and makes a comment to me. And I clearly have my headphones in. Mm -hmm. He repeats the comment. So I take my headphones out and then he reaches his hand out to touch me, and I, like, block him, and I'm, like, COVID. (laughs) Oh, my
2: God. Okay.
1: And so then he puts his hand in his shirt Uh to still try and engage in a fist bump while all of his friends, like, five grown men, like I said, so I'm already feeling, like, defensive and uncomfortable, and then you're trying once again to touch me. Right. So I said, no, I don't want to be touched, and, like, got up and left. And I'm, like, don't do that, guys. That is so awkward. Come on. Yeah.
0: What about good? See, (laughs) (laughs) what's a good, memorable (laughs) approach you've had where things kind of
1: so I will tell you about how I met my partner because I think he crushed it because we're still together right so that had to be a good way Uh, almost four years okay so
0: he did something right he did something right he did something something right
1: right. so it depends who you ask on like the first time we met but I'm gonna tell my story because he's not here (laughs) so when we met we met through our mutual best friend and we were watching the Conor McGregor fight. So there's already something in common, right? Like, it's easygoing. It was chill vibes. And then everybody was going out afterwards. What initially attracted me to him was his confidence. Because when we were leaving the frat house to go to the bars and I thought that I was the leader and everyone was going to hop in my car, okay. most of the boys went to his car. <laughs> okay. Because he just has that energy about him, that confident energy about him. So immediately my curiosity is peaked. So we get to the bar, we're all walking in, and then he waited for me because my friend got stuck in the back, and he waited for me. A gentleman move, right? And then from there, he was just, he asked me questions about myself and also shared information about himself. So it was a healthy balance. I wasn't being interviewed, but he also wasn't just going off about himself. He immediately found things that we had in common, and then for the rest of the night, we just chatted. Like, it was super chill, really, really sweet, not aggressive and then very slyly he asked me for my number somewhere in the middle of the conversation so it felt natural like it felt like I had just met someone who had been my friend for a really long time who I also thought was really hot so it was a good mix yeah how
0: how does a guy create that kind of energy where you know he he has energy where it's like he's Mm -hmm. coming in the room and um there's just that connection. how does a guy that when he's you know he's single he's out there he wants to meet women yeah um how does a how does a guy generate that kind of energy is it more just confidence or self-esteem what is what is your thoughts on that
1: you hit it self-esteem self-esteem is everything okay you have to believe that whether you have all eyes on you or not right that you're the shit (laughs) right you're a cool guy yeah and there's someone who's gonna think that you're a cool guy right not everyone has to for you to be that person right right but you have to believe that you are so if you don't like yourself why is anyone else gonna like you Mm. so if you're really struggling with that self-esteem find a cool therapist
2: Mm. find
1: someone you vibe with right finding a therapist is like dating don't settle for the first one if you don't feel like you vibe with that person right but i think self-esteem once you like yourself you project that whether you want to or not
0: right that's so true. Okay. That's really good stuff. So we're kind of wrapping up things here a little bit, but mm-hmm. what's your advice to like, just all the single men or women out there who are just, you know, they're single right now, they're living life. Yeah. Uh, they're doing whatever, hot girl summer. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I call it. <laughs> me and my guys, we call it a uh, brown boy summer.
1: I love it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, what's some advice to them who are, maybe they're single right now, but you know, they're, you know, they have their eyes open, you know, they're, they're open to being in a relationship. What kind of advice do you give to single people right now who are just, in the dating market in general
1: yeah i think that's a great question so i think part of it right now obviously because of covid there there's some social anxiety going on Mm. it's like you said it's hot girl summer it's brown boy summer everyone was kind (laughs) of locked up last summer and we're like finding (laughs) our training wheels again right but shoot your shot right like not everybody has to be your wife some people you just you have a good time with or you have a a fun dinner and you heard some cool stories and you vibed for a night but you don't have to pursue marrying this person so there's two pieces within that first just get to know people be open to people try to meet people everyone's kind of uncomfortable right now Mm -hmm. Um, and then the second piece is don't settle Especially if you're, like, in these, like, these 20s, these 30s. Like, there's so many people in the dating pool. Not mm. everybody in the dating pool is worth settling down with. Mm. Know your self-worth.
0: Right. That's really good. And I feel like a lot of, like, well, I'm not going to call it any friends. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that happens quite often nowadays where, um, especially, people, I guess, mainly for people who ha- have lower self-esteem and self-image about themselves is they end up settling with people or partners who are, I'm like, man, I know this Really isn't the best partner for you, but they're like in their eyes, they're like, "Oh, this is the this is the best I can get." Yeah. And they end up settling, and then you know, whatever, a few weeks, a few months, a few years down the road, it's just you know, it's it just usually ends in heartbreak a lot of times. Right. Um. So that's really good advice too. Just really know your own self worth. Know know what you want, and know your self worth, and never settle for something that isn't worth your time and isn't you know worth what, what worth you putting your effort in. So
1: beautifully said.
0: Really good stuff. Um what's your advice for an individual uh, whether single or in a mm-hmm. couple who's just really going through just a really rough period in their life right now whether they're just kind of experiencing something you know within their relationships or personally or uh career-wise what's just in general people who are going through tough times I know you deal with a lot of mental health as well mm-hmm. um what's your best advice for an individual going through just that really rough period in their life right now
1: You're not alone I know that's kind of cliche but genuinely you are not alone and if you feel like you are alone find your community whether that be a therapist or you reach out um, to like a group like maybe you love to run and you reach out to a running group but Mm -hmm. like find your community Mm -hmm. or find that support that you need and just remember that you're not alone and that everything is temporary
0: Mm. wow that's really good stuff okay Um, wow that's really good and um, one final last question here what is your favorite part about being a sex and relationship therapist? It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun.
1: Like I don't, there's not a day I leave work and I didn't have a laugh with someone or a cry with someone. Mm. Like I I really ride the roller coaster with every person who comes into this room. I never right. know what to expect. I never know what I I'm going to get.
2: Right. It's
1: always something different. And you know, just like when you're passionate about something and like, you mm-hmm. feel like you found your calling. Right. Like that's it. Of course there's days I come in and I'm tired or I have my right. own stuff going on. But yeah. I like, once I'm in this room with people yeah. and I can feel your energy and the honor of sharing this space with you. Right. Like that's the coolest thing ever.
0: That's awesome. That's amazing. Well, Andrea, thank you so much for coming into the show today. Be my very first guest. So that's awesome. You were my first and mm-hmm. I think I was your first as well.
1: Yes. Thanks, Randy. <laughs> Yeah, so I am actually going to start accepting new clients again, which I'm super excited about, get some yeah. new faces. So they can call our front desk by just look up Houston Relationship Therapy and you'll find the phone number, or go to Houston Relationship dot com or you can email me directly at Andrea at Houston dot com. And then if you're on the Instagram machine, you can find me at Therapy Sex what wait what is it therapy sex and wellness i should really <laughs> I should look that up right now <laughs> let me see
0: <laughs> that's it awesome is. and you do have some really funny yeah. stories on Thanks. instagram that i follow <laughs> so if you guys aren't or if you guys are on instagram make sure you follow Drake. good tips and some fun here as well give her a follow. So did you find it yeah
1: it was therapy sex and wellness okay awesome. <laughs>
0: So oh, Andrea, uh, at therapy, sex, and wellness on IG on Instagram. Yeah. Um, all right, Andrea. Well, thank you again so much for uh, for coming on the show today. This was great. I mean, you, I think you provided a lot of value on this podcast today. So, um, I look forward to uh, continuing our professional relationship here together. Because, like as I mentioned here before, you are mm-hmm. my therapist. You've been amazing. Um, I know you mentioned that it sometimes now a therapist, you do have to go through several just to find you know, one that you kind of can. You're really the only person I had ever. Re- had that connection Uh, so you've been great you've helped me a lot and I definitely will recommend you to others as well if you're listening to the show and you're local here in the Houston area definitely reach out to Andrea she can definitely help you out when it comes to uh, whether you're currently single or you're married a couple anything you're going to reach out to her and she will definitely uh, share the love so thank you awesome you're welcome Andrea you take care and uh, thank you guys for tuning into the show and we'll see you guys on the next episode peace (laughs)